Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. From the Gospel of Matthew. The kingdom of heaven is like the landowner who went out early one morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay the normal daily wage and sent them out to work. At nine o'clock in the morning, he was passing through the marketplace and saw some people standing around doing nothing. So he hired them, telling them he would pay them whatever was right at the end of the day. So they went to work in the vineyard. At noon and again at three o'clock, he did the same thing. At five o'clock that afternoon, he was in town again and saw some people standing around and asked them, why haven't you been working today? They replied, nobody's, because nobody's hired us. The landowner told them, and go out and join the others in the vineyard. That evening, he told the foreman to call the workers in and pay them beginning with the last workers first. Then those hired at five o'clock were paid, each receiving a full day's wage. When those hired first came to get their pay, they assumed they would receive more, but they too received a day's wage. When they received their pay, they protested to the owner, those people worked only one hour, and yet you've paid them just as much as you paid us who worked all day in the scorching heat. He answered one of them, friend, I haven't been unfair. Didn't you agree to work all day for the usual wage? Take your money and go. I wanted to pay this last worker the same as you. Is it against the law for me to do what I want with my money? Should you be jealous because I am kind to others? So those who are last now will be first then, and those who are first will be last. May God add his understanding to this hearing of his word. That's one of those parables that no one gets. I read all these scholars and do all my work and and it's an embarrassment because we have our sense of what's right and wrong and what should be, and this just violates all of that. All of it. I was watching a news broadcast about a week and a half ago, and it was of a retired gentleman who flunked retirement. And he, he was wearing one of those orange aprons at Home Depot, working loving his work. And he was on the news because he refused to take his break. He said, why would I take a break? I love what I do. Why, why would I do that? And that's, that's newsworthy. <laughs> that someone would so love their work or so love making a contribution Let's face it, Home Depot can't be paying that much to its people. Those guys in the, in the aprons on the floor, it's not about money. For him, it was about making a contribution with his life, with his energy, with what he had. 
And I thought, this is fascinating. This is, a, this is one who seems to know one of the real secrets about the nature of work. You realize work is not a part of the fall. Work was given before the fall of Adam and Eve. When the man was put in the garden and, and Eve, his wife, he put them in the garden to till it and to keep it. Only after the fall do we hear about the scorching sun and all the sweat and the, and the weeds and everything else. But work is part of God's gift and God's intent. It's an opportunity for us to make a difference with our lives, to make a contribution. And, and retirement is sort of a, it's a construct that has come along and perhaps in recent years, relatively speaking, in human history. The time of the scriptures, the scriptures were formed, the average age, it fluctuated some, but the average age was 40, of, uh, of lifespan was 46 years old. There was an awful lot of, a lot of mortality. And, and so they didn't even think about retirement. They thought about doing what they had to do to get by doing what they had to do to get things done. I don't know if you've watched Mike Rowe, the uh, dirty jobs guy. <laughs> he's, he's been in front of Congress. He's, he's argued how, um, how there are something like four million jobs out there that are going unfilled. But they're dirty jobs. It's working on air conditioners. It's, it's uh, cleaning out septic tanks and stuff like that, all of which he has done himself. But some of those jobs are paying six figures. But he says, we have been indoctrinated with this phrase, to get a good job, get a good education. So now we have all kinds of people who graduated who believe that they should be making more than they are, or that there is certain work that they are above, and so they don't work. They, they simply try to get by. Um, many, as we've, we've heard, living in their parents' basement with a uh, PhD in sociology or something like that. But we, we have work as a gift. John Calvin said that we worship God at the lathe. Augustine declared that our work is our worship. Our worship is our work. Our prayer is our work. Ora labora, prayer and work. And so when I saw the, the guy in the Home Depot commercial, I thought, way to go. <laughs> I want to work with guys like that. Those who understand that, that there's no work that is beneath us. All work is a spiritual exercise. All work is something that we can make a contribution with. Again, Micro makes this comment, don't find your passion in the work, take your work, your passion to the work. Whatever it is you do, the Apostle Paul says, do it as to the Lord. So here we have these workers in the vineyard. 
So early in the morning, the landowner goes out and he, he runs, <coughs> goes out by the, the uh, Dunkin' Donuts there in town and he sees all those workers at about 6 in the 5.30 and 6 in the morning. He hires them and comes to realize that there's not enough workers in the field to get the job done. Maybe there's a storm brewing or whatever it is, but he keeps going back to the Dunkin' Donuts and getting more and more workers to come out into the vineyard. And he says, at the end of the day, I'll give you what is fair. And the astonishing aspect of this story is at the end of the day. So if you are all those workers from the vineyard, at the end of the day, those who were hired at five o'clock in the afternoon come for their pay at six o'clock and the landowner gives that one right in front of everyone, gives that one a full day's wage. Then everyone is thinking. They're doing the math in their heads. They've been working 10 hours. So if he got one denarius, which is a full day's wage, I'm going to get 10. This is awesome. But then everyone comes up. And those who were hired first in the day, dehydrated, sunburned, bones aching from the long day of work, receive also one denarius, which was a working person's wage for a day. And they complain. Equal pay for equal work. For what they were paid, we, were, we should receive ten times that amount. This is wrong. This is unjust. And this is where we all can go along with that. And then we are surprised by what occurs. And what occurs is that the landowner says... Are you upset by my charity? Am I not allowed to be charitable toward others? If he were to expand on that, I can imagine he would say, now think about those who came at the last hour. At home, they had little kids saying to their mom, when's daddy getting home? When's daddy getting home? They needed a denarius to get by in the day. And he acted charitably toward them. He acted in such a way as to ensure that they had what they needed for the day. And so he said to those who worked all day, we agreed you would receive a day's wage. You are receiving a day's wage. Am I unjust because I've given you a full day's wage? And I was charitable for those who came later in the day, those who need to feed their families, etc. That's how it ends. It's a, it's a difficult parable. Because what has occurred here is those who did not receive that full amount have become envious of those who came at the end of the day. And they may be thinking, well, I'm just going to hang out at Dunkin' Donuts all day. Next time, I'll just come in at the end of the day and I'll get the full day's wage. 
And somehow, somehow they missed the whole point. It concludes by Jesus saying, those who are first will be last. And those who are last will be first. Somehow in the midst of all of this is our Lord operating according to an entirely different economic standard and an entirely different standard of that which is just and that which is merciful. If we think about God and his justice, how can we comprehend? So when the Apostle Paul says the wage of sin is death, that one who sins at all has earned their death penalty, and, and God is merciful to us? Well, but God, all I did was, was sit here and look at Diana Nelson's paper during the math test. That's all I did. And, and I had some, some problems I couldn't figure out, so I, I used her, prob, her, her answers. That was all I did. Sin. The wage of sin is death. But God is merciful. And we can all conjure up those people whom we would like to see God's justice crush. We can all think of those people where God's justice, we would love to see it unfolded on someone in such a way that they are cast out into the outer darkness where there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. We all think that way. But God's justice is not our justice. God's mercy is not our mercy. So instead, God is charitable. He gives gifts to his children. And he knows, the Lord knows what he's doing. And we don't. Now that is not necessarily to say that our civic arrangements should perpetuate unequal work or unequal pay for equal work. We all know that. But at the same time, when we are looking at the nature of God in relationship to us, we have to understand the nature of God as a giving God, as a charitable God, a God whose giving goes far beyond what we would ever anticipate, a God whose justice goes far beyond what we would ever anticipate. I have a relationship with a number of people in our community who have no church, but they consider me their pastor. And so we, we have times together every now and then. We, we were together at Bill and Penny Allen's house for the 4th of July. And then there was a 50th birthday on this past Friday night. And one of those gentlemen who two and a half years ago lost a three-year-old daughter in a swimming accident. We were talking and, and he was talking to me about how he didn't understand why this happened. How can this be? And he was looking me in the eye with his eyes filled with tears 
two and a half years later, still trying to grasp, still trying to understand. And of course, I have to say that as a pastor, I don't know. All I can say is, is that God loves you and God, God knows and we don't know. God knows. We don't know. And he was telling me how he struggles with it every single day. As those of you who've lost children know. How it's a struggle every day. But then he said that a friend of his who's active in a church and it's a, a church that is rather Pentecostal and so they have a different emphasis than are more mainline type churches. But there was a woman in that church who has what they say is a gift, a gift of, of prayer, a gift of discernment. And she came to their home as they purchased their home not too long ago and wanted to pray, pray a blessing on their home. And so my, my friend and his wife they have two small children left and said, well, that'll be fine. We'd like that. So they had had hors d'oeuvres and all that sort of thing. And, and before she left, she decided to have everyone come together to pray. So she prayed. And it was a beautiful kind of a Pentecostalish prayer. And uh, everyone appreciated all that it was. And, and suddenly my friend crumpled down onto the couch. And he was looking around and tears were filling his eyes. And he shared with me, he said, Kurt, this may sound crazy, but I had a vision. He said there were giant angels, not big like you, they were huge standing in every corner of the house and standing in front of me, angels. And he said, I, I didn't know what to do. And that vision lasted for maybe a minute long. And I couldn't move off the couch. I simply sat there and looked. And I looked at this little house that we have. And I looked at my wife and my kids, and I looked at these people who were just leaving. I couldn't stop crying. I said, I, I don't understand this. I just know that I experienced this. He said, Kurt, he said, pastor at that point, what, what, what do you say about this? He said, God is good. God loves you. God loves your little Ashlyn. He loves your children. He embraces you now. You have lost so much. And the Lord has given you a gift. I don't understand about a vision such as that. I just know that for you and your eyes it was real and powerful and healing to you. And I thank God for that. And thank God, just as you live your 
days, just thank God for the mercy that he showed you that day. Because God's justice and mercy are overwhelmingly real and powerful. And ultimately, we simply have to trust him. Some of us may not come to that realization until the end of the day. Some of us have lived with that realization all of our lives, but we have a hard time accepting it. Sometimes the Lord finds it necessary to do something dramatic and powerful and real so that we are awakened and our faith becomes embedded within us. And when that happens, just thank him. Understandable or not, just thank him. God is working. And he works through us. His gifts enable us, empower us with this one life that he has entrusted to us to make our unique contribution, whatever the pay. Will you join me in prayer? Thank you, O Father. For there are many things in this life that we do not understand. Many things about your providence and care, about your justice and your mercy that we cannot wrap our minds around. Shy of understanding, O Lord, on this side of understanding, on this side of seeing no longer as through a glass dimly, we trust. We trust, O Lord, and thank you that we can. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.